oh, we pretend like we've been going for a while and just, oh, hi, listener. So funny to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. Oh, hi, listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the Madness and Movies podcast. <laughs> Where we talk about movies through the lens of madness. And, and madness through the lens of movies. Is that pop culture? We talk about pop culture through the yeah. lens of whatever. And we find madness in the places that you least expect it. Yeah, I like that one. Right? That one's the good one. Yeah. The other one's fine. Yeah. That's the money shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, today we are reviewing The Stepford Wives. I can't believe I worked up the nerve to watch this movie. <laughs> this is a movie that I watched when I was like 10 years old. Um, Who let you watch this? Well, it is rated PG. For it the is, record, it is PG. Rated. And also, like, I don't know. I was, I mean, a lot of 10-year-olds are, but I was, I was like, a very, like, precocious 10-year-old. I was reading all sorts of stuff. And, I don't know, my parents were just like, yeah. I thought it sounded good. I was, like, very appealed by it. I was like, this, this sounds like a fascinating movie. And my parents were like, okay, you can watch it. And so... I did, and it scarred me. It was so scary. Changed the course of your whole life. It really did. It, like, <laughs> gave me nightmares. Like, still, like... And so I I was like, I'm never going to watch that movie again. But I finally worked up the nerve to it. Is this... This is only your second viewing? Oh, yeah. I've seen this... Really? Movie. I've seen the new one oh. a few times, but... Because that's easier. It's not, like, scary. But... <laughs> the new one is a, is a spoof. Yeah. Not a remake, not a reinterpret. It's a spoof. That's what it was called when it came out. Oh, really? That's oh, where I learned oh. the term spoof. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not. <laughs> that's not just you dumping on whoever was in it. No, no. No, no. That's that's actually very poorly received. Parody. Yeah, I guess because it's like funny. It's supposed to be like a funny version of the Stepford Wives. We should see it. We oh should, wow. We should, we should do it, but I, I think the, <laughs> the critique is kind of taken away. Yeah, how do you make a funny version? This is like a deeply unsettling movie. Yeah. I guess... I, I think the new one is good. I, th- I think it's funny. It's, it, and to me, it's also a little bit scary because I've seen the original and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The context but, makes it scary. Yeah. Should we explain the plot so that people know what we're scared by? Yes. I mean, I think, I hope most people know the plot really because i feel like the term stepford wife is like used in just like an everyday speech i mean my first off i i didn't okay. know it until you used it in everyday speech okay, okay. <laughs> yes. um then let's and also it. even you yeah you using it in everyday speech i didn't fully understand what was going to happen in this movie okay okay when i th- yeah my association before this was stepford wife uh, rich white people in the suburbs, but it's a horror movie, <laughs> right? Like, there's something freaky, boring boring white people, but they're scary somehow. Yes. Um, which actually is, that is, that's, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's accurate, but it's not very granular. Yeah, I feel like that's 80% of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the, our protagonist, Joanna... And her husband, Greg? I don't know. Walter? Walter? Is it Walter? I think it's Walter. Her boring-ass husband (laughs) uh, and the two kids move from Manhattan 
to some sort of idyllic white people, you know, white flight commune. Um, we were debating whether it's like upstate New York, whether it's supposed to be like the countryside of Connecticut or whatever it is. I don't know. They go to a they go to a village where everybody there is like a prof as a lawyer or an aerospace engineer or a, a ever they're all respectable professionals and all of the housewives are perfect and bland and just bake and have no thoughts in their head. And they love cleaning. They just love cleaning. They love talking about cleaning products and like how to best keep their man happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of a, like, sexual, I don't know, like, yeah. like one of the early scenes in the movies is that a guy just comes up behind his wife in the garden and just gropes the shit out of her, and she just stands there and takes it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what? And then what? they run into another couple that's, like, having sex, and the wife is just, like, singing her husband's praises, like, Oh, Hank, you're a god! You're my champion, Hank! Oh, Hank! They, they like over here. Yeah. 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 So, that too. Yeah. Um, and so Joanna is just walking through this town and everyone is being weird. And she's like, why is everyone being weird? And she's like trying to solve the mystery of why everyone's being weird with her friend, Bobby. And those two are the only non-weird ones in town. And over the course of the movie, they sort of get gaslit more and more and they start thinking they're crazy and everyone, everything's just so perfect here. Why can't you just calm down? You know, what are you so upset about? And she's like, no, something's happening. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're overreacting, whatever. And so she, like, feels like she's losing her mind. And then Bobby gets taken. Bobby gets taken and turned into some, like, animatronic housewife thing. That when you stab her, she doesn't bleed. And then she just says, oh, why would you do a thing like that? But she doesn't bleed. And then she just, like, glitches out and starts, like, repeating whatever. Yeah, one day she's basically a feminist. And she's trying to start a women's liberation club with Joanna um, and the next day she's like I just love cleaning and making my husband happy isn't my I did my makeup so good this morning yeah 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 um yeah so then Joanna really feels like she's losing her mind and the children get kidnapped and it's a whole thing and it spirals out like like you have to understand this is like this movie is like two hours of just like quiet unsettling and then suddenly Bobby gets taken and the whole movie like flips and it's like really creepy and like people are like locking her in rooms and she's like running around the town trying to like find her kids so she can get away and get away and leave this place forever and and then they take her they take her and trap her and she fights her animatronic hollow hollow self um, who walks around, yeah, I don't know, whatever was, has, you know, whatever, like, Joanna at this point is, like, <sighs> bruised, and her hair's all messed up, and, like, her whole face is, and, you know, just, like, it's, like, worn out, and just, like, <laughs> and, like, dirty, and then has to fight her, like, perfect, beautiful, shimmering, naked, right, like, they, again, this is a PG movie, freaky that it's a PG movie they couldn't get away with this shit today it's like naked like like they make a point of like lingering on like her like the perfect boobs of the like replacement Joanna and the replacement Joanna just smiles just smiles and acts pretty and just 
walks slowly towards her and just strangles the bejesus out of her and then we cut to joanna has been replaced the 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 soulless body double is shuffling around the shopping mart going oh wow i love this new soap brand end of movie yep yep that's the stepford wives (laughs) i just I just love this movie. I mean, it is so freaky and creepy and terrible and hard to watch. And I also think it's such a powerful social critique. Um, Yeah. I I just love it. And I'm so happy that this movie exists. (laughs) It really... It's... Yeah, it definitely it feels like the kind of like, oh man, you couldn't get that made today kind of movie. Like, I don't don't know. It's such a like time capsule... Yeah. Was there something in the water? This is... When was it? 75? Yeah. When was Cuckoo's Nest? The uh, movie. I want to say around that time. Yeah. Like, yeah. this... It feels like it. Like, it feels like they're cut from, like, a similar cloth. Yeah, like, and I think Clockwork Orange, too. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. In some ways, this... I've always said there needs to be a feminist Cuckoo's Nest, because Cuckoo's Nest is kind of, like, anti-feminist in a lot of ways. I feel like this is sort of the feminist cuckoo's nest hmm. in some ways. Huh. Just a, a a fighter, a rebel person gets put into mm-hmm. a... Man, she goes out walking at night, and then they tell her you shouldn't go walking yeah. at night, ma'am. Stay in your house. Like, it, mean, she's literally creating a women's liberation club. That's a good part of the movie is yeah. she and Bobby are doing that. And... These other housewives are like, oh no, this isn't right. I would never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it feels like, yeah, a very similar arc. So, yeah, I think one of the first things that we just wanted to address in general was I just think this movie illustrates so well the connection between sanism and patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ways that that kind of. I don't know, they overlap and bleed into each other, reinforce each other, and it's... Yeah, the perfect woman is not only physically perfect and beautiful and this robot that is made with, you know, the exact proportions that men want or whatever, but also emotionally and psychologically perfect is not, yeah, thinking about women's liberation, is not complaining about things that are going wrong, is not saying that she doesn't feel loved enough or that she wants to move from this place. She's just there to please her husband and make him happy and clean the house and be obedient and compliant. Um, and that is kind of what's defined as sanity. Yeah. Yeah, and being, I don't know, like being upset about anything is insane. Mm-hmm. That... It, she's like going around this town and like no one like will talk to her and nobody will like listen to her and she's like we need to get out of here and husband whatever his stupid name was Greg or Charles or Eric or I don't know I it was Walter. Walter? yeah I kind of want to look it up now because I think we're going to talk about Disney oh okay we're going to go with yeah you, you look it up. You look it up. I'll keep talking. Okay. Um, stupid, stupid husband name to be determined is like, 
like she's walking around this town like no one listens to her and no one will like I don't know like people are changing right in front of her and the husband's like I'm worried about you you need to go see a psychiatrist because gee whiz I you're acting a little bit crazy here and she's like don't you get it she was a whip you know Bobby was a women's liberation activist one day and then the next day she like lost half of her vocabulary and all she can talk about is soap and he's like well why don't you clean more often and maybe bobby's onto something and it would be nice if the house was cleaner and she's like ah but you can't say ah you just you yeah and and she's the crazy one for being concerned about that yes yeah, so my husband is Walter. Oh. At least in the new one he is. I'm, like, having trouble finding it in the old one for some reason. But I would trust that. I don't think that's a coincidence. We will talk about Disney later. Hmm. 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 But, yeah, as soon as she says that she wants to move and she's freaking out about her friend, her husband is like, you need to see a psychiatrist. Like, she, her sanity is brought into question. Yep. Um, and I, I think one reason that I love this movie so much is that it describes what a lot of different types of early, um, some current therapies, um, medication sometimes, um, ECT, lobotomies, like what mental health treatment does in this visceral way. It like takes you, it takes the individual who's, rebelling or just being really weird or unique or whatever and replaces them with someone who's docile and you know um, Mm -hmm. obedient and compliant and um, I think it's interesting because when we were watching the movie you were saying you were surprised that it was supernatural that it was that it went that it went yeah I thought the whole point of the movie was like ah the inhumanity of man and that it would just be very you know the 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 point was just that they had brainwashed the wives and that peer pressure did this and not no we take them in a back room and replace them with a mannequin right which is <laughs> clock i think clockwork orange is more what you thought yeah have we done clockwork nope. orange yeah, yeah we should totally do clockwork orange <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, this idea of, yeah, like, behavioral intervention or just we indoctrinate you or brainwash you or whatever. I mean, that to me feels almost like modern mental health treatment. It's like, Mm. it's not... We've gotten away from all of the scary stuff. Now we just indoctrinate you. Yeah, now we just, you know, we we, we teach you these behavioral tricks and things like that and... Just make you more compliant, make you more well-adjusted to the demands of society. But don't worry, we're not replacing you. Or... We let you replace yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just to be clear, I'm not saying all of that is bad. I'm not saying, you know, mental health treatment should be done away with in total. I'm just saying the way it can be looked at from a certain lens if, if the goal of the treatment is just to make the person a more well-adjusted person to the rules of society, which often it unfortunately is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, wow, 
You live in a, a town full of mannequins. That must be hard on you. Weirdly, weirdly, the psychiatrist in the movie is the only person who actually like really gets it. A female psychiatrist. A female yeah. psychiatrist yeah. is like, you live in a town full of mannequins and your best friend just got body swapped. You should probably get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, and her husband is trying to encourage her to go see a male psychiatrist. I think he says that. He's like, oh. you can go see one of the guys. And she says, I'll pick the psychiatrist. I'll find my own. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she sees, yeah, an awesome female psychiatrist. Although, that psychiatrist, it's interesting. She says, yeah, you should get out of there. But she does say, I'll write you a prescription. Okay. I thought, at first, I thought that was part of the trap. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was part of, you, you know... You go see the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist tells you, of course I'll help you get out of here, but first just take these pills. And the pills would, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, Dawson, yeah, like, into, yeah, make you into a step for, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I thought that that was part of the trap, but as it went on, it became more and more clear to me that I don't think that that was. No. I think that legitimately, like, that female psychiatrist was, like, the only person on her side. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's just worth pointing out that it was, that still, the psychiatrist wasn't, I mean, she was addressing the issue, but she was also saying, and you need some medication, like, that kind of thing. And yeah. I don't yeah. know. I really honestly don't know this, the history of this movie being written or the book being written. Um, I know it was written during Prozac era and was kind of a critique of that, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure, yeah, what exactly it was critiquing and what the psychiatrist was meant to be critiquing. But, hmm. Because, yeah, yeah it, se- it seemed like the psychiatrist, you know, was like, are you sleeping? No, I haven't slept in days. And it was like, okay, well, let me help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, again, it's like, is this a trap? What are we right. What are we doing here? Like, is is this just how you get in the door? <laughs> right. But if you take it at face value, she's doing a kindness. But do you take it at face value? Do you actually trust that? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in general, yeah, I think the movie is a great critique of, especially a lot of the early treatments that used to be given to women. Anyone who didn't want to be married or stay with their husband or who was restless and didn't do the housework um, <laughs> bed rest or um, various types of kind of horrific treatments. I was thinking about the yellow wallpaper. Yes, that's the name of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely had that short story in my head and couldn't come up with the title of it. Charlotte Gilman, I think. I, I don't know who wrote it. but Do you want to describe it very briefly? Yeah, basically a woman who I guess she doesn't want to do housework or She's restless. She doesn't want to please her husband or whatever. Um, she is locked in a room on bed rest for, I think, like a month or something and just goes completely crazy um, like anyone would. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do what they call that? Solitary confinement? <laughs> yeah. I think it was, I think they, the diagnosis was neurasthenia at that point. Um, and this was, yeah, this was very common. Just put a woman on bed rest and then she'll suddenly want to do housework after and it will make her better it's great yeah. such a useful tool for the modern man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So we've been kind of beating around the bush of the Disney stuff. Yes. Do you want to just dive straight in on that? Yeah. So the there's what's called the Men's Association. It's like a club for all the important men in town. Um, they are kind of behind this replacing the women with robots scheme. And I guess the head of that, the president, or someone who's playing a prominent role. They, I think he's the head. Okay. They call him... Diz, because he used to work at Disneyland. So the story goes. Yeah. Joanna questions that. It says, like, I don't think you ever worked at Disneyland. And he says, why not? And, this, you know, she says something back, like, because I don't think that you have a bone in your body that wants to make people happy. And he's like, oh, I disagree with that. Mm. Uh-huh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then I think her husband's name being Walter... Yeah, yeah, that I hadn't made that connection, but that's an interesting yeah <laughs> tie-in. I think it's intentional. Yeah, but but yeah, I I think there's this very intentional um, parallel between like the Stepford Wives they're building and Disney princesses. That Disney princesses are like always so overjoyed to do housework and please their princes and their perfect little housewives. Um, with perfect body proportions that are so unrealistic that if anyone had them, they would be, uh, they, they would die, I think, immediately. <laughs> Dis Disney princesses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the waist size. Um, yeah, where'd all your organs go? Right. Are they squeezed up into your armpits? You got, like, kidneys in your armpits? I don't... The whole thing yeah. is very strange. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... I think that there was an intentional critique of like Disney princesses and this culture that says that this is the ideal woman. Yeah. 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 And it, it is interesting. I, I, I saw it as, yeah. Saying that like culture is playing just as much a part in like creating this, I don't know, woman, mm -hmm. these, these women, I guess, creating these Stepford wives, the culture is just as much, to blame as you know as psychiatry as everything else it's like no 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 disney is doing this to yeah, you yeah. do you understand <laughs> and it's so fascinating like that's so like i feel like that's even more relevant today than it was back then like disney owns like 40 percent of like the media at this point like disney owns everything yeah disney owns everything and they're absolutely going through and like Oh, man, at the end of... What was it? The Last Avengers. At the end of The Last Avengers, they had this... In this... Hashtag girl power. <laughs> right? Like, it's... They have all of the, the, the ladies come out, and they all wear... You know, wearing a sexy Iron Man suit, but, yeah. but still fighting the bad guys. But still in love with Tony. We're so feminist. So yeah. romantic. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've been following uh, Lindsay Ellis's, like critique of well you know she she does she has a lot of critiques of disney and just like all of the like hashtag girl boss and like all of the like you know we reboot uh beauty and the beast and it's it's feminist sort of in like a very surface bland way that makes people turn off their brains but like no and it's still telling you to be smart and beautiful and Demure and fall in love with the asshole beast. They made the beast more of an asshole, and she still loves him. 
because the plot says so. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that actually now that I actually don't think the Stepford wife is the ideal woman now. Um, hmm. I personally think if you want to be a stay-at-home mom and cook and clean, then you're like, you're weak or you're not smart, huh. you're not strong. Um, you're not the ideal woman. You're not as productive. <laughs> Um, you've increased kind of the capitalist standard now that women are in the workplace there's this demand for them to be in the workplace not just a right um, so yeah now I think I think what you're speaking to is like it's supposedly more woke but it's it's not really more woke or more progressive it's just a different a different ideal woman that they're talking about now the ideal woman is strong and badass and super able-bodied so she's fighting these bad guys she's very athletic and she's very productive she's in the workplace and you know Belle is reading so she's hyper intelligent and able-minded yeah and she's mm -hmm. hot and perfect and still well of course yeah still very much catered toward the male gaze um so yeah I, I find that interesting that I feel like there's a lot of men today that would watch the Stepford Wives and kind of pat themselves on the back and go like, oh, I we've, don't... We've grown so much. Yeah, like, I don't do that. I would never expect my wife to do that much housework. You know, we, we split the housework now, and but there's still this expectation for their wife to be... Um, I, I think Gone Girl is really... Oh, yeah. Speaks to it. I think she has the cool girl monologue. That's the new ideal woman. That's the new Stepford wife. Um, did we do an episode on Gone Girl yet? I don't know if we did. We'll have to check. Yeah. <laughs> but... If there is, we'll link to it. If there isn't, watch out for it because that shit is coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she talks about kind of the cool girl is that all the things I just said. Super athletic and able-bodied and also enjoys lots of, like, male interests. Loves playing stereotypically male interests. Loves playing video games. Loves eating pizza. Loves, follows sports. Um, and also, you know, perfectly high and a size two and all of this. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of men today who would be like, oh, of course I don't want a Stepford wife. That's so uncool. You know, she just stays at home all day. And they think they're, like, super progressive, but they just want a cool girl. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, I think it would be interesting to see Stepford wives remade with, like, instead of these perfect housewife Disney princess like robots if it was perfect like cool girl badass let me get you a beer let me get you a beer let me get you yeah. a beer <laughs> let me go fight bad guy let me go do karate tricks I don't know or let, let me show you some gymnastics I am strong like that would be I think the new step for fire mm. man yeah Ooh, that is, yeah, that's such a, like, a powerful, like, side-by-side. -side. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about a lot of, like, video game characters. Oh, yeah. Lara Croft, right? Yes, I was thinking, I was like, yes. Lara, I'm like, what is it? <laughs> yes, yes. Tomb, the Tomb Raider. Yes. The Tomb Raider. Jeez, they, yeah. Ah. She's. 
they it's exactly that they they rebooted the rebooted Lara Croft is still boobacious <laughs> but is independent and mm-hmm. smacking bad guy like putting a pickaxe through a guy's face um, but then still very concerned about her male friends and just wants to protect just wants to protect her male friends and misses her daddy and you know like yeah yeah huh yeah Lara Croft is the new Stepford wife Lara Croft is the new Stepford wife you heard it here folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, I, I really think the idea that, yeah, culture, whether that's Disney or whatever big corporation is like, they get to decide almost or co-decide with the society mm-hmm. what's the ideal woman or what's the ideal person. Because there's an ideal man, too, of course. Um, and then everyone sort of like conforms to that expectation. Um, I think that that's a really important what is what is a good representation of quote unquote the ideal man Tony Tony Stark yeah yeah Tony Stark there's also I think Michael Sarah and that brand of guys I think hmm I think they've started like a you, you can sort of fit that trope and Jesse Eisenberg yeah, yeah that kind of Michael Sarah Jesse Eisenberg um, I'm trying to think of other uh. But, but like the the nerdy type, like it's okay to be that. I think more or less. See, I I think Michael Sarah hasn't been hasn't gotten jobs in the last five years. Yeah. I think that moment has come and gone. Whatever that was. Maybe. Dude's not getting hired anymore. I'm just saying. Huh. I don't know. I still think there's a version that it's okay to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's potentially narrower for women that like. Yeah, you need to be strong and badass, and you also need to do some amount of housework, and you you know need to look pretty and serve yeah. for your guests. And I feel like men, there are like a few more options, not tons more options, but yeah, there's the Tony Stark type, of course, that's an ideal. But then there's also I I do feel like it's you can sort of get away a little bit more with the Michael Sarah or the nerdy type. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I can think of like a relevant like this year example, but yeah, because they're doing Zombieland too. Okay. And that's sort of you know the original Zombieland was kind of that like nerdy type. That was a Jess- that's Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Yeah. And it it feels weirdly dated to me. Uh-huh. Like they're bringing it back, and it's like nostalgic somehow like it doesn't feel like a t- doesn't feel like today tropes it feels like ah remember 2007 back you know the carefree days of 2007 <laughs> when the economy was imploding interesting yeah maybe not but maybe that option has gone away or is less accepted but yeah i am not sure i feel like it's i don't know yeah i feel like maybe on some tv shows though that type is more is still a little bit present hmm. I'm not sure um, but I feel like in general there are a bit more options for men like to fit into different a few different ideals 
versus I think women there's like one narrow ideal and it's everything combined just do it all at once (laughs) oh man yeah do it all at once and I don't know does this play into like you were we were talking a little bit before the show about the idea of doubles do you think that has do you think that like connects somehow like if you can't do there, there, there's two of you somehow. You, there's not. There's so much expectation that can't be contained in one person. Am I? Yeah. Am I? Am I getting at something, or am I completely wrong? I was thinking more like all or nothing. Either mm-hmm. you're the perfect woman, you're the perfect robot suffered wife, whatever that means in that in a particular day and time and context. Yeah, yeah. Or you're crazy and insane. You're a Madonna or you're a whore, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I thought about doubles in this movie because um, doubles is, like, kind of a, a big deal from what I understand. I've studied Mad Studies literature just very briefly. And from what I understand, um, doubles are a big part of that. So Jane Eyre is kind of used as the classic example that there's Jane Eyre, who is basically a Stafford wife, I think. Hmm. I haven't read Jane Eyre, but... She's like a good, yeah, docile... Coming on strong here. She, yeah, or more so. She's like a good, docile, obedient... Like, she ends up with the rich guy. With the right guy. Like yeah. I don't know. I haven't... Yeah. But there's this... <laughs> his, the guy she ends up with, his ex-wife, Bertha Mason, she's the crazy, mad woman in the attic. And she, like, is on all fours when we meet her she's very animalistic she's like she's like a rabid like dog or something like um that's how she's described yeah she's yeah. described as like going up to people and like biting them or growling i think um wow yeah um she's crazy and he's trapped in a marriage with her and all of that kind of stuff that that trope um and so there's like some mad studies rethinking of this I wish I had the names to say I can we can put them in the links um but this was just stuff that I read in like a mad studies course I took an undergrad but um basically some readings say that Bertha Mason this mad woman in the attic is like embodying Jane Eyre's impulses that she can't act on so Jane Eyre might want to rebel against the patriarchy and just go wild and crazy and be a bitch and um but she can't she has to be restrained and uptight and um and smile smile more yes and so there's a lot of like theorizing on that that madness in general represents like the impulses that we can't act on and our unrestrained unbridled emotions and i think tying that in with feminism like what is it that women can't be like what is it that we want to do but we can't like that's the mad woman um mm-hmm. and so yeah i think stepford wives i don't know if it was intentional or not but it felt like it was kind of playing on that that um there was yeah there was a devil there's the the real human who's like this quote-unquote mad woman now um <laughs> because by virtue of just being human as a woman, you're like mad and you're crazy. And then there's the like perfect, restrained, um, self-controlled, self-disciplined, um, 
can do everything compliant double, which is the robot. Um, so yeah, I, I found that really interesting. And I, I think that's kind of maybe what I'm pointing to with the hmm. ideals, like men, it seems like there were a few ideals that like, okay, if you don't fall into Tony Stark, well, maybe you're a Michael Sarah, like. I feel like you can even be like, I don't know, the Wolf of Wall Street, like, mm -hmm. like, like a selfish asshole, but like a cool selfish asshole. Yeah. I would hesitate to even say you could be Jonah Hill in that movie, but I think you can get away with it more than Melissa McCarthy. Hmm. Um, I don't know, though. Um, I just think there's like a few different options while like it sometimes feels like for women there's like one option and it's all of those things combined mm -hmm. and if you don't fit into that then you're crazy then you're mad then you're a loser or whatever it is but i'm not sure though i mean hmm. i think both men and women like and everyone else like faces that idea of you have to be this one ideal why um, aren't you perfect yeah yeah Yeah, the evil twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I had written down. I found I, I I'm seeing a little scribble note for myself that used the word Walter in a sentence. So yes. Okay. Walter. <laughs> yes. Walter doesn't believe Joanne uh -huh. when she says that Bobby changed. And this is fundamentally epistemic injustice. Yes. Which is a big, fancy word. <laughs> We've talked a lot about epistemic injustice on the podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no matter how much I talk about it, I always have to like pause for a second, and go, and right, okay, it's it's the thing where you're discrediting another's another person's ability to know themselves. Yeah, that know themselves and their experience. And their experience doesn't matter. Their their view doesn't matter. Their yeah. understanding of the world doesn't matter because you're right. <laughs> not only does it matter, but is inaccurate. Is wrong. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Credible witness to their own there it is. experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to her. Listen to her. That was that was better. Um. Yeah. And just that's such a that's such a key part of the way this plays out. This movie plays out is that's like the whole mechanism. Like I thought that that was the mechanism. Again, not the supernatural, um, but just this sort of creeping epistemic injustice of like, no, everything's perfect here, Joanna. Everyone likes cleaning here, Joanna. Why can't you belong, Joanna? That would have, yeah, I, I want someone now to make a remake of Separate Wives where it's not supernatural and it's just that they slowly convince her that. Yeah. That would be super fascinating. Yeah, just her her view of the world is completely, completely wrong, and just like total. It's like I don't know. It's also gaslighty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think epistemic injustice is like the fundamental um, component of like gaslighting in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, they just gaslight her until she just like her brain crumbles into just a stew of housework yeah yeah and so it would it would just be interesting to like compare that version to this version and how does it change it how does yeah it change it? in some ways i feel like this version needs to exist like 
Mm-hmm. We need to show viscerally with a metaphor, like this is what the patriarchy is doing. But I also like the idea of something more subtle. And yeah, but but yeah, I definitely feel like there's a lot of epistemic injustice in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the epistemic injustice is the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot more to say on that. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we go go to lightning round? I think so. Yeah, I don't have much for lightning round. I, I like love this movie as like a concept and. Oh, yeah, yes. and it's really it's really like slow and like hollow, I guess for most of the movie. And I think that's like the entire point. Yeah. Like we were talking about this that like yeah, it's two acts of like yawning and just going like this whole thing feels creepy but I can't figure out why and nothing is happening mm-hmm. like and then you get to the end and you're like wait the whole point was that it was supposed to be boring but feel it was supposed to feel wrong but in the most boring way possible like yeah. oh man they got me <laughs> yeah. um, what else do I have I'm just going through my notes uh, 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 um. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the that uh, Joanna had a friend, had Bobby, right, mm-hmm. for most of the movie, and I think there's something important there about two people being together. Yes. And that, like, if someone else is valid, like, I think that rolls into like the epistemic injustice. Like, it's so much easier to hold on to your sense of self if someone else is validating your worldview totally yeah. yeah if you're alone in your worldview like I feel like that's when it becomes untenable because yeah as, as humans we like need to be seen by someone else yeah yeah to, like, like belong to the consensus belong yeah. to some kind of consensus yeah 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 Joanna and Bobby had their own tiny like consensus world and like culture built up and then that was just totally shut down ripped away yeah, yeah. First, there were three, because they had the, the, the redhead with the foofy hair. Right, yeah. First, there was three of them. Yeah. Charmaine. Mm-hmm. And then there was two. And then there was just Joanna. Yeah. <sighs> God, that's just, yeah, that's freaky to, like, think about. Yeah. Oh, I, there was, I, I never quite figured out. I had this written down to try to flesh this out in some kind of metaphor, that, like, Joss Whedon is like a victim of Disneyification. Oh, which one? Oh, he. This is real world, real time. This. Oh. Yeah, not a part of the movie. Oh, okay. Not part. Not part of the movie. But I was like, ah, Disney turns you into soulless robots that just tell the same three mm-hmm. anecdotes over and over again. And I was, and then I'm like, I just shed a single tear for Joss Whedon. Okay, Joss Whedon. Uh, he created Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is like, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 kind of like secretly like feminist, yes, radical, totally. yeah, yeah, uh, you, great, you know, whatever. He, did he do Firefly? I think he did Firefly, which is also like a revolutionary sci-fi show. Like, he's a big deal, uh, with the big deal, like creative person who like writes like in a very particular way, like has a voice and like is really good at dialogue. And Disney took him on, and Disney made him had him do the first Avengers movie and it was fantastic and then but like you could sort of see the like creeping corporate influence and then he did the second Avengers movie and 
that just about broke him. Like, that actually, like he said in later interviews, like, he had to kind of, like, step away from, like, writing for a while, and, like, Disney just, like, Whoa. squeezed the soul out of it, and just, that he, you know, he, that he'd never work with Disney again, and that he'd never touch a Marvel project again, and, like, Whoa. Joss Whedon was, like, the best of them. That's depressing. He was, like, the best of the creators that they, they had, and he just, and Disney just squeezed the life out of him. Um, and you, and turned him into just like bland, Doctor Bland. Uh, similarly, the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. who co-created Community, mm-hmm. which is amazing and radical and weird. Yeah. Um, then did they got pulled in to do like the next Avengers movie? They took over after Joss Whedon and kind of the same thing. Like they seem to have survived better. Like that doesn't seem like it's like. They're, they haven't, like, had, like, a mental break, but they're also just, like, blandified and just, like, slowly being, like, sucked into the m- oh, ooze. Yeah. And just like, huh. Oh, oh. Disney. That's Disney. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Depressing. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. I think I'm... Okay. What you got? I, my only... I just wanted to talk for a second yes. about how awesome Bobby is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I just loved her as a character, and um, I feel like we don't see female characters like her anymore. Um, huh. She was, like, very real. Um, I also wanted to point out she was Jewish. Yes. Um, she said, it, and it was interesting, she said at the beginning, she's Bobby Marco, and she said that's an upgrade from Markowitz. Um, she's... Yeah, or she say like upscale Markowitz or something like that. Something like that. I think she changed her name or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to know like what exactly that meant in the '70s or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just found that interesting. I feel like we don't get to see like Jewish female characters <laughs> who we like in film, so I was really happy about that. Um, <laughs> and I also feel like she like my perception of her I could relate like I felt like she was very culturally Jewish she she talked about having like a messy house or whatever and obviously the, you know mm-hmm. this is a stereotype but I feel like there's some stereotypes that like Jewish women are um maybe less into the housework or huh. <laughs> whatever I don't know um more messy I don't know if that's a stereotype or if that's just something I had heard but I don't know. She just came across as like very culturally Jewish, and then that was just like totally sapped out of her when she became this robot. It hmm. felt like she was totally, you know, Gentile. Just yeah. That's really interesting. I, I didn't pick up on any of that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think that's the podcast. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah. And, like, help us connect the dots to, like, other movies and other, like... Yes. You know, like, we were talking about, like, oh, other versions of this, you know, the Tomb Raider, but what, you know, but maybe guys can be Wolf of Wall Street. Like, you know, these are all, like, ideas for future movies and topics to cover. Yes. So keep them, you know, let us know. Um, Tell a friend about the podcast because we're awesome, and don't you want your friends to know that you listen to awesome things? I would. I do. Spread the word. All right, bye. Bye, blog. <laughs>